Thank you, Father Nicholas. I want to especially thank you for your hospitality, for your generosity this weekend. And it's like a homecoming, coming back to St. Athanasius and to Santa Barbara when we return. And it's a blessing for me especially because many of the people in this room now, especially this weekend, because they are all home for this wedding, are really the individuals who helped to shape, I, I don't know what they think of what I'm about to say, <laughs> but helped shape me to be the person I am today. And I will forever be grateful um, to everybody who has played such an integral role, especially when it comes to our faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Dear brothers, and sisters in Christ, a contemplative way of life is an apostolic way of life. It just depends on what it is exactly that you decide to contemplate or to think about as you lead your life. For us as Orthodox Christians, this statement means making a conscious decision to develop and work on a contemplative life that must include prayer. A life that includes prayerfully contemplating the mysteries of God. And a life that includes prayerfully contemplating God's desire to save mankind by sending His only begotten Son our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. And that includes prayerfully contemplating God's eternal and unconditional love for us. Because through the development of this type of contemplative life, it becomes possible for us to lead a life that follows the example of Jesus Christ Himself a way of life that was modeled for us through the lives of the apostles themselves. So yes, a contemplative way of life can be an apostolic way of life. It just depends on what you do decide to contemplate or think about as you lead your life. As Orthodox Christians, we believe, among other things, that the power of prayer and contemplation of God's love for all of mankind. It's that kind of life that helps to unite us eternally with Christ. And that helps us to allow us to rise to our full potential and to become all that we were created to be as human beings, created in His image and after His likeness. We were created to be compassionate, people, just like Jesus was compassionate. And we were created to be people who should be concerned with the salvation of our neighbors, just like Jesus was concerned with the salvation of the entire world, of all of mankind. And we were created to be people who, when we look in the face of others, we truly see in them the face of God just like the apostles saw the face of God in the face of those who were around them. And it's only in the church 
where this type of life can truly be developed. And where the challenge of this type of perfection can be reached. Because it's only in the church where we are mystically and physically united to Jesus Christ himself. Especially through our participation in the divine sacrament of Holy Communion, which is why we're all here today. It's a reality that we all know too well that gives the church relevance for the whole world around us. But sadly, for many living in the world, including some Christians themselves, they don't always recognize this relevance. In fact, it seems like the Christian church is constantly under attack in so many ways today, both worldwide and even right here in our own backyards, and we all see it. And because of that, the traditional Christian church that was established by Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago has become compromised and weakened and made to be irrelevant in the lives of so many Christians living in the world today. So it's important for us, I think, to pause every now and then and to remind ourselves and prayerfully contemplate what it is exactly that does give the church relevance in our lives today. For some, it might be because the church is a place where we find hope in an otherwise hopeless world. And for others, it might be that the church is a place where we are challenged and equipped as human beings to become all that God created us to be. A place that caters, I learned this from Father Paul Finley, a place that caters to the highest common denominator. And a place where we might find the ability to obtain ultimate perfection as human beings living in this world. However, there's an even greater relevance and reality that the church provides for us Christians living in this world today and for those living throughout the entire world, I would say. A relevance that God himself intended for us when he established the church. And a relevance that's revealed to us so beautifully in the gospel lesson that we just heard this morning. The story that we heard today took place in the city of Nain, as they pronounce it in my church in Arabic, Nain, which is a town in Galilee, close to Nazareth, where Jesus was raised. And the story says that as Jesus was entering into that city, there was a large crowd following him. And that they were met at the gate by a funeral procession that was just leaving the city. And we're told that the funeral was for a man who was the only son of a widow. And that when Jesus saw the widow, he had great compassion on her and for her and told her not to weep. Then the story says that Jesus walked over and touched that coffin. And that he said to the man in the coffin, Young man, I say to you, arise. And then we learn at that point that the man not only stood up, 
but that he also began to speak. And then the story ends by telling us that for all those who were there to witness the event, that they began rejoicing, it says, and saying, today, God has truly visited his people. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the meaning that we can glean this morning from this amazing and miraculous gospel story is not necessarily that God has the ability to raise a man from the dead, because I think we all believe that there is no miracle too small or too great for the Almighty God. The meaning that this story provides for us today is found in the reaction of the people who witnessed Jesus reaching out to that young man in the coffin and telling him to rise up. They realized immediately that God had truly visited his people. And when God is present, miracles of all kinds happen. And for us, the relevance that the church has in our own lives is that it's in the church where God continues to visit his people today. Where God continues to visit each and every single one of us today. And it's in the church where Jesus Christ physically and mystically reaches out and touches us when we partake of the Holy Communion each and every single week. Just like he reached out and touched that young man in the Gospel story today. And when we're touched by God in the church, he's able to heal or to overcome all that may be spiritually dead within us. Just like death was overcome on that amazing day in the city of Naim. God can heal any fear or anxiety that may be killing our spirit inside. And God can heal any insecurity or worry that may be impacting the lives that we live. And ultimately, God promises to heal any guilt and take away any sin that may be killing our soul. If we only repent and humbly allow Him to act within our lives. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we learn from the Gospel lesson today that the relevance of the church for each and every single one of us is that it's in the church where God truly comes to visit us. He comes to us each and every single week. And it's in the church where we all come each and every single week to meet Him and to be healed by Him through our participation in the Divine and Holy Eucharist. Because it's the Holy Eucharist that gives us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to live the life that God always intended for us from the day of our creation. St. Ignatius of Antioch, in his first century letter to the churches at Ephesus, called the Eucharist the medicine of immortality 
And then he said, it's the antidote that we take in order not to die, but to live forever in Jesus Christ. This is the powerful message of the Gospel lesson for us to contemplate and to reflect on. And this is the relevance of the church for our lives today. Our life is meant to be in communion with God. That's His desire for us. And that's why He established His holy church for us. So that we can lead a life of contemplation. And so we can lead an apostolic way of life, which is a life of love and a life of holiness and a life where we are eternally united to a God that not only visits us and heals us, but who also promises to give eternal life back to us. So a contemplative way of life can be an apostolic way of life. The challenge for us as Orthodox Christians is what will we decide to contemplate or to think about in our own lives. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.